When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi there, welcome to The Tint, the podcast dedicated to you, the aquarium geeks out there. This is your host, Scott Feldman, and I'm here with a very special guest today. It's Corey Hopkins. Say hi, Corey. Hey, everybody. How's it going? And I hope you all know Corey probably from the amazing scapes that he's done, um, some of the photos. And uh, Corey, you know, one of the things, one of the reasons I, I wanted to have you on, besides I like you and your style, is you're one of the first people in the, that I consider a pure aquascaper that like got out and really went for it with botanicals. I mean, you kind of were not afraid at all and you just did it. Like you were, you were kind of, this was like perfectly natural for you. I mean, have you always liked to do new directions in your aquascaping or is that, what's your, what's your style? Man? Yeah, definitely. That, that, that would be a great, um, you know, description of how I like to do things. I like to, kind of push the envelope a little bit and I like to uh, do stuff that um, you know that you don't see too often or that you've never seen you know or that I've never seen you know something that I've never seen I definitely like to create something or you know make a technique or uh, a new style of aquascaping just like the botanical inspired stuff so um, yeah man well, that's you know, and what one of the things that's cool that I like about your style, and I've, I've t- we've talked about this before, is that you're you're not like pigeonholed into one style of scape. Like you'll do like the high concept, you know, nature aquarium style one day, and then you'll do this insane, totally freeform rock work thing another time. Then you do botanicals. Like the one that you did, uh, of course you remember it. The one that was like the the, the stream bed, and we'll we'll put a picture up again. Um, that really blew a lot of people away. And how did that do? Did you enter that in the in the contest, the IAPL? I did. Yeah. How, how did, did it do? And, and um, if you're talking about the um, B, what is it? The BDAC. Yeah. Which one was it? Was it was it the B? Yeah. Was it the biotope? I'm not sure which contest you entered it in. That's why I wasn't sure. Yeah, it was the contest. It was. Uh, yeah, I ended up getting fifty fifth. That's that's a, that's a tragedy, <laughs> really. You know, um, what happened is uh, my fish weren't exactly visible, so I, yeah, they cut off a lot of points for that. Interesting. I mean, I would have the, they. Uh, well, I, I mean, who am I to be critical? But like, if it's an aquascaping or or a, an aquarium contest, I would think I would judge it based on the aquarium. Uh, as well, I sure. mean, sure, the fish should be present, but well, that's interesting. I mean, that was intriguing. Um, for those of you that uh, you haven't seen it, I'll put up another picture of it. That was just pretty amazing. Um, what was your inspiration for that particular tank? Was it like a stream bed, or what? What? What really did you do? It was actually a direct my um, interpretation of a, a photo by Ivan McColgy mm-hmm. that he. Um, well, he called the place uh, Mako's Morichal, which is, it was like, it was basically a stream that came straight out of the ground. 
um, in Venezuela somewhere. Mm-hmm. I don't exactly remember. It was like a tributary to the Orinoco, I believe. Yep. And um, so he took a photo. It's just incredible. I mean, it had it, it had this reflection that just blew my mind. And I'm like, okay. And at that point in my aquascaping, I was focusing a lot on reflection stuff. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, just to the, on the, the surface of the, of the water. So, um, well, like I said, so I saw that photo and it just blew my mind. That's cool. Um, yeah. It was actually a, um, a friend of mine that, well, actually an acquaintance of mine that, um, sent me a message on, Instagram uh-huh. saying that, you know, cause I posted a picture of a uh, P white's money mm-hmm. and, um, which was at that point at that time, one of my dream fish to keep. And I've been wanting to keep these fish for, for so many years. And then, um, his name was Lewis. He, um, messaged me out of nowhere and says, or after that, after I did a post on it and, um, he says, Hey, I've got a group of them. I'm like, wow, that's amazing. So, and he just lives in Austin, which is a couple hours from me. Uh-huh. And um, he said, "Hey, I've got a group that you know I'm looking for a home for." And uh, nice, you know, he said, "This is a dream fish of yours." So here you go. Here's seven of them. So a few months go by, and I get the seven. But um, in the meantime, I um, he also showed me. He asked Ivan if it was okay if he showed me that photo. And Ivan said, of course, yes. Yeah. And so I just got really inspired by that photo. And it just, That's cool. you know, I really wanted to do something just like that. It wasn't, when you, when you look at the photo, it's, it's, it wasn't exactly interesting um, as far as like an aquas, like a pure aquascaping right. contest would be. Right. Just because of the shape, it wasn't as interesting. But um, just the perspective that I put on it and everything like that really, and, and it was yeah. a, it was a small tank too, right? I mean, it was like it was like thirty yeah. US gallons or something like that. Thirty, yeah, thirty yeah. gallons. Yeah, and I, I mean, I thought it was this big. The, the again, when people see the photo, they can relate. But if you look at it, you get the feeling it's this big, spacious tank, and it's really this small, compact area. And, exactly. and yeah, it's a hell of a uh, job. Yeah, it was three foot. It's three foot by eighteen inches by twelve inches. Oh, cool. Now, That's the tank. now that that kind of brings me to another question. Now, like in a typical scape, like you're you're a pure aquascaper, or what I call a pure aquascaper. You you just love the craft, and you're up. You know, you see a pile of wood and rocks, and you're on it, and plants, whatever. <laughs> what is it that like is your like what inspires you typically? Will you have an idea? How do you aquascape? Do you have an idea ahead of time? Do you walk in, see what you have to work with? Do you do it around a fish? What what is your approach to scaping a tank? Uh, that kind of depends on the situation. Um, if I'm going in and just blindly not really knowing what um, hardscape or anything that I have to use, then I'll just work on the fly. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I'll just uh, use something more on the, the basic side uh-huh. and then just put little flares on it, you know, just little stuff, not stuff that's going to take me, you know, hours and hours just to do part of. Right. You're hard to, like I said, you're hard to pigeonhole into one style because you're, you're always doing, it seems like you're always doing something different. I mean, you don't, which I like, you're not locked in, right? I mean, would you say that you're pretty open-minded when it comes to scaping? 
Um, uh-oh. Are you still there? Yeah, I'm still here. I think we lost each other for a second. I had technology fail, but I think we're good. Gotcha. I think it's just my... Uh, ADD in a way, or just the <laughs> love of the, of the whole entire hobby, because right. I just want to do everything. Yeah, you know, it's it's just, it's like me as a musician. I wanted to learn, you know, all kinds of different stuff, so I can go out and do all these different things. Right, right. And um, so, yeah. <laughs> so that you're, so you're an eclectic aquascaper. That's the word I would use. Instead, we all have ADD. I think to be in the hobby, you almost have to have ADD. <laughs> I mean, it's just the way we are. What you know? Now, here's a question. Like, so, what are you working on now? What's your next tank? What is, what is what are you into right now? Or do you have a tank going? Or are you about to start one? What's, I do. I've got, got a paludarium. Oh, I've cool. Got a paludarium to the AGA a paludarium category this year. Uh huh. And then next year, I've got some big plans that um, for my 120 centimeter tank or my four foot tank. That um, it's going to be really awesome. I can't really go too many details, but that's that's. Awesome. I think that the the concept that I've got right now is, um, you know, every time I, I come up with a concept, I'm like, yes, this this is blowing my mind. So this is going to be great. Right, right. You know, so you know, I, I kind of judge it on on that. Yeah, I mean that's so, that's a fair measure. If it if it blows your own mind, chances are it's going to blow everybody else's mind too. If you do it right, sure. although although exactly. I frequently will do stuff and I'll think, um, oh, this is awesome, and other people are like, it just looks like a dirty tank. So you know, it depends. <laughs> it depends what you're working with. Um, that's exactly correct. Yeah. Now, now as far as materials, um, what is your favorite? You know, material is there a particular wood or a particular plant or rock or something? What do you, what is like? What are some controls you're really high on right now? Man, I know it's hard. That's, to, that's a hard question. It just is because of me. I'm ask you the hard ones, man. Being a pure aquascaper, and I, I would say at this point in time, my favorite wood to work with uh-huh. is um, this stuff. It's they call weathered driftwood. It's from a company called SR Aquaristic out of Chicago. Mm-hmm. And um, they have a massive amount of beautiful hardscape. And Scott Rhodes, oh, yeah. he's the owner. He he sent me um, he sent me a bunch of his hardscape to to make some um, aquascapes with and such. Cool. And that weather driftwood is just incredible. It just has really great lines. It has um, you know the points. Right, just a certain something to, to it. The natural point. Yep. So. What about rock? Is there, direction. is there a rock, rock that you like that more than others, or do you use a lot of rock? It, it seems like you don't use a ton of rock in your scapes, or am I missing some uh, of them? I do. It's kind of half and half, uh-huh. um, depending on the scape. You know what I what I'm doing at that point in time, right? But um, my very favorite rock to use probably be like the serene type stuff, uh-huh. you know, that limestone base. Um, I really like that stuff just because the the strata and the, the whole texture of it right. know, can vary. It's really awesome. And then another one that I'm really liking nowadays is uh, petrified wood. Really? Yeah. Good old. It's kind of interesting. Yeah. I've worked with some, and um, I'd never really liked it before. But I, re- I worked with some recently. Uh huh. And. Um, I was able to come up with a, a, a really nice aquascape with it, and the flat tops really give it an interesting feel because you can really highlight different um, tiers or different levels in the aquascape. Uh huh. 
So, yeah, that's, that's what cool. I'm, I'm kind of digging that. Well, you stuff. know, it's funny because that's a material that, like, I remember when I was a kid, you know, you'd get these – You'd get these rocks at the fish store, and and a lot of times they were petrified wood. That was like a big thing back many years ago. And you're right; you don't see it a lot these days, and it is pretty interesting. Yeah, um, it really is. I mean, I think a lot of people shy away from it, maybe because most of the shapes are kind of flat, and you can't. Mm-hmm. Do, they, I, I guess, that people think you can't do a lot with that kind of a thing. What do you do with it? Do you lay it out like do you do terracing, or do you like? Do yeah, you, like, more of like a terrace type thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got an aquascape. I can send you a, a photo of yeah. that. It's ex- exactly that, just a um, nature style aquascape Very with cool. that weather driftwood and the uh, petrified wood. That's kind of how I terraced it and leveled it and uh, used it sparsely. It was, you know, it turned out really, really nice. Yeah, you know, I, I think it's fun to use old, like, old, faithful, familiar materials in a different way. You know, that's something that okay. we just don't see. What um, now? Another question in terms of plants. Do you have a favorite plant that you use? I mean, we, as you know, we're in our style. We're not like plants are not the primary focus, but more and more people are using plants in blackwater aquariums. But just in general, do you have a plant that you like? And have you ever? What plant do you use in your blackwater tanks? I know you've you've done a few. Yeah, the blackwater stuff probably be like a bucephalandra, mm-hmm. um, anubias, you know, the petite probably. Um, you know, smaller things like that, even like uh, Java ferns, and bulbites, something like that. Um, you know, the, the easier stuff, really. I haven't gone to the whole uh, stem plant thing in a, in a blackwater aquascape. I'd love, I'd love to. I've seen John Siati do it. And yeah, it's really great. Yeah, there's there's a um, lot of. I don't. I found that there's more and more plants that you know. Talking to Ty Stripen last week, there's more and more plants that actually. I'm discovering that grow in these kind of blackwater or botanical environments. So it's kind of opening up a lot of possibilities for people that we weren't aware of. Yeah. I was really surprised. Um, But what, um, what is the, uh, if you had like one plant just in general that you would say is like a go-to plant that everybody could succeed with, do you have one? Um, Yeah. So it'd be the Bucephalandra. Yeah. Kind of bulletproof, huh? I mean, if you, Basically, yeah, Bucephalandra and um, the Nubia species. It's like a non petite, I think. Those are just they, you know. Once they take hold, they grow into these beautiful clumps. Yeah, you know? agreed, agreed. So uh, and they're easy. No, no, yeah, exactly. That doesn't hurt. Now, now, as far as like uh, a theme tank, like, do you typically? Um, have if if you're going on like let's do it in relations to fish, do you generally tend to favor Southeast Asian, South American, African? Did you find yourself just trying all kinds of fish, or there's some sort of go-to regions of the world that you tend to go for? When oh it comes no, to fish? I'm completely open to whatever region. Nice. If you know, if I if I find a fish or someone you know introduces a species of fish to me, it doesn't matter where it's from. You know, I just like, oh, I love that fish, and I'm going to get it and see what I can do with it. Or I'm going to try and get it. I'm going to build a tank around it or right, or whatever, or just use it in an um, unorthodox way, you know, like in a flashy aquascape. Uh-huh. No, that's cool. That's another thing I like to do. I really like to uh, use different types of uh, fish species that, n- that aren't normally used. Uh-huh. So um, as of right now in my paludarium, I've got some African fire barbs. Oh wow! Um, and some cruciatus loaches. Those are fish you don't see. And 
and they're really they're fun they're great fish i've never kept them before until this paludarium and um they're they're incredible i really love those we have to we have to see some pictures of that paludarium that's pretty cool i i well yeah yeah i have to go check it out you know i i think that's a really good point that you bring up is a lot of times you can even take not only an unusual fish but sometimes you could take even the most common fish and when it's in the mm-hmm. right environment or the right habitat, it really shines. I mean, even fish like head and tail like tetras, you put them in the right setup and it's like, wow, this is is this the same fish I see, you know, at the fish store all gray and kind of boring looking? Oh, exactly. it's, it's remarkable what, what it does when you use light fish. And I know that's how a lot of a lot of Danio and a lot of Rasbora became very popular. Um, mm-hmm. you know, because people were trying them in different setups. But uh, it's nice to see some some truly unusual fishes too, like the, you know barbs and loaches and stuff. Seeing their day, um, exactly. Yeah, I like that. Do you now? You know, we, we you're famous at least in tannin lore because you are the I call you the curator of lawn trash. You are the guy that gets us the uh, the live oak leaves, and I I have to ask the origin story of that. Besides me, you telling me about it, and and I went okay, let's do it. What what made you start using live oak leaves in your scapes? Was it just the, you thought it looked cool, or you're like, hey, it's gonna tint the water? What what, what was the deal? Uh, I started using them uh, with shrimp first. Mm-hmm. Um, I used them for a little while, and the shrimp absolutely loved them. I'm like, okay, this is awesome. Um, you know, of course, I just tried a little bit at a time. So I didn't know whether or not it's gonna kill my shrimp or not. And right. I just put it in a kind of a coal type tank. Um, and they loved it, and they thrived, and they went absolutely crazy. And it tinted the water. Yeah, this is before I, you know, right? You knew you were really knew anything it. about anything yep. like this. So, um, you know, and then a year or so passes, and I didn't do it again until I started working at um, an aquarium shop, Riftery Aquatics in uh, Flower Mountain, Texas. Uh-huh. And, um, uh huh. And the owner. Dane, he uh, had a big bag of live oak leaves, uh-huh. and he was like, "Hey, why don't we put this in this in this tank here and uh, see what happens?" I'm like, "Well, oh, I've done it before," so we put him in this South American style piece that I did, or you know, it was a tank. It was really great. It had some awesome cardinal touches, the biggest ones I've ever seen. Oh, nice. In there. Yeah, it's about, it started off with 20. I think we ended up with 12. You know how Yeah, they, they disappear. But, <laughs> yeah, unfortunately. Yeah, but they, they got huge. Uh, biggest ones I've ever seen. And of course, it was just wood and a little bit of rock and sand and then the leaf bed. Nice. And these fish, I mean, I had some some epistogramma in there. I think trifisciata. Uh-huh. And they just bred and bred and bred. You know, just kept spawning, and then um, we have you know a couple of lore cards in there, uh-huh. and um, some quarries that didn't even have a name quite yet. Nice at that time, they were just they just had a C number, right? I can't I can't remember what they are. They have a name <laughs> by now, but I don't. <laughs> <laughs> but but hey, they were a quarry. But and and obviously you got great results. And you know what's funny is I have to say because it, of of all of the the. The, the the botanical material we sell in leaves it's it's becoming one of, it's one of my personal favorites i use it in a lot of my tanks because those leaves are really durable they last a long time and mm-hmm. the other thing i like is that when you collect that stuff for us 
there's bits and pieces of there's you'll get oak twigs you'll get little bits of moss you'll get even little bits of terrestrial grass and weed i mean it it really works you know it's very natural uh it's a real leaf litter situation yeah, and it kind of depends on where I get it from, too, mm-hmm. because um, it was a couple different places that I get it from. I have a, a client that had, you know, huge oak trees out in front of their house, uh-huh. and they were, you know, when and spring is when the um, the live oaks shed their leaves. Nice. They don't do it in the fall. Um, so when new buds start showing, that's when they <laughs> shed their old leaves. You're out there. And, you're out there with the bag. <laughs> Yeah. 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 So I went out there and raked up bags and bags of that yep. stuff and you know, there and I get at a park and it's just all kinds of different things in there. You know? And that's what's so amazing about it. It's very natural and, and you know, it, it's funny because you it took a, only a tiny bit of convincing for me to try it because most oak leaves I know this is sounding like an infomercial for live oak leaves, but most <laughs> most oak leaves I hate when I see people use them because they don't look tropical at all. They have the, the pinnate style. These are just like little innocuous leaves, and they last a long time, and they look kind of generic tropical, which is cool. Yeah, exactly. Just like a like a tiny magnolia or a tiny like yeah. jackfruit leaf or something. Exactly, you know? exactly. Now, in, yeah. in terms of like getting back to you know other scaping and ideas and tanks and so forth, do you sense – I hate to use the word trends, but you're way more in touch with the actual – the competitive aquascaping world than the real high-end – you know, aggressive type scaping world out there. What do you see as trends right now? Like, in other words, are people doing more like, are they, ba- are they still doing like Iwagumi is the big thing or is like, oh, suddenly breaking the water line with, with, uh, with wood projecting out or just pure rock hardscapes? What do you see as like a trend or maybe not a trend, but something that's popular or really you think is intriguing right now? I understand what you're saying. Yeah. Um, I think it kind of changes year to year, actually. Uh-huh. Um, so the, you know, last year's trend was a really well-done nature style, you know, or uh-huh. nature aquarium. Uh-huh. Um, the year before that, it was all about the georama or diorama or mm-hmm. I don't like to call them dioramas anymore. Right. I call them impressions. Okay. Um, That's general. So, yeah. So um, – you know, and, and, and pre- that's, that's the kind of stuff I really like to do is myself. I like to do impressions of stuff. Right, um, right, right. But based on a natural stuff. setting as opposed to like a fantasy forest or, you know, you know floating oh, no, cities. Oh, no, even like an impression of a fantasy forest. I don't like you anymore, Corey. I'm going to cut this off. Then. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you know but, what? But the thing is I think it's important to stretch. I, I rip on that style only – here's why I, I bag on this. I might as well clear the air on that because mm. – you know, in these competitions, that was what not what kind of a mon- at least my interpretation, like the ADA thing. That's not what Amano was about. He was about replicating nature in a certain way. And when I see it turned into these like fantasy for escapes, I always cringe. I go, God, if these guys would put the same talent level together at doing something more natural, it could serve an even bigger purpose. You know, inspiring people about environments. I get it. It's an aquascaping contest. It's art, but. I, I just thought it was so prevalent for so long. I mean, I'm sure you may have different thoughts because you're in the thick of it, but what, what's your thinking on that? Um, yeah, I think that, you know, uh, anything, every hobby has to evolve into what it is at its present time. Mm-hmm. So um, I think that it was inevitable for this to, you know, people to find different media, different uh, perspectives uh-huh. um, on how to do a competitive aquascape. Right. You know, um, there's a lot of opinions out there on 
whose is best or right. which style is best, but it's all subjective. And the mindset, and I like, the mindset's like different, right? And the mindset is different, right? With a competitive aquascaper versus a somebody that's doing it for pleasure, right? I mean, it's a, it's a little bit of a different kind of approach. Oh that yeah, you there's a big difference. Big yeah. difference. Yeah, and it, for sure. I think a lot of us out in there in the uh, in the civilian world, you know, we don't we don't really we don't always, I guess, appreciate that. And I know, like people like me, it's easy for me to sit there and fling criticism at this stuff. But you guys are trying to to impress judges. It's a different. It's like a you know a, a show car versus a, a you know a regular car that we drive. I mean, you're you're trying to accomplish a certain thing, so I, I get it. Um, mm-hmm. And the talent, nobody doubts the talent. But it's funny. I just hear a lot of people that we're kind of getting over, they're like really over the whole, you know, fantasy forest thing. I mean, and these guys that do these things, I mean, the talent must be insane to do. I mean, obviously really difficult to do one of those things. But when I see what you did with the riverbed, I'm thinking that that is just on par with anything that anybody's done based on some fantasy thing. And I just, I don't understand why that doesn't score as well. You know what I mean? That's like my frustration. I I agree. So, I mean, just my whole thought is, um, there's a lot of lot of the the whole fantasy forest thing that take a lot from nature. Mm-hmm. Um, often, you know, usually it is an impression of a scene, uh-huh. other than just like an um, aquatic scene. An aquatic, yeah. Right. I mean, it's it's not always that, you know. So it should be it could be a terrestrial thing, right? You know, and people people eat that stuff up, man. Yeah. Just just how cool it is. And yeah. I understand it, it can get lame after a while. And I, but anything can, um, you know, if you overdo it. I mean, I, I get you. Yeah, 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 exactly. So no, like the sand waterfalls and stuff like that, right. I, I, don't, I don't I don't go that way. Yeah, you know, that, that, I understand. And, and I think yeah. that's fun because, and it's important, you know, it's fun to talk about this stuff on the way we're talking about it, which is very real. Because a lot of people don't want, you know, you'll hear in forums, people will come and say, this looks stupid or blah, 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 or that's incredible or that's ugly. That, But it's nice to talk about like the reality of like why it's done. I don't think a lot of us realize that, you know, it's a different art. It's an art form. So mm-hmm. there's a different interpretation. But I've always felt like the, the contest aquariums are sort of presented to us like, you know, like you ever been to a car show? Uh, you know, like like a big car show where the manufacturers put out their concept cars and stuff. Yes. And then you're like, well, how's this thing going to end up in the showroom, you know, with all the fins and all the gadgets and all. And then until it trickles down. But like that's the way I look at some of those things. Right? They're like concept aquascapes. And, you know, they're not – I don't know if – you're not necessarily offering that as a style. You're just saying, well, this is what you can do with stuff, right? I mean is that kind of the right interpretation? Um, possibly. I mean it- – I think it's up to anybody's, you know, interpretation. Right. Um, There's no rules. Really, I think it's like who who can do the, you know, people could look at it. As who can do the most detailed aquascape? Uh, who right. can do the most, you know, with the most perspective and most depth? And um, who can do the best um, nature style aquarium? Right. Too? I mean, there's. I think that at those different styles, people are still competing, but they're also learning from each other. Which so, is cool, which is um, what it's about. But then there's the ones that, that aren't tastefully done whatsoever. And, um, yeah. you know, there's uh, to me, they're not tastefully done. They could be tastefully done to someone else. Right. But, here's, um, a, here's another question I have for you. Um, I, I mean, you probably have a, a multiple opinions on it, but let me throw it out there. So <laughs> when, when you see a, a, a beautiful aquarium and then people will go online, they love it they'll say, I'm going to do that. And they replicate it or try to copy that aquarium. 
on one hand, I suppose you're flattered. You're like, hey, that's so cool that you thought enough of me. But on the other hand, is part of you inside going, no, no, take what I did and do something different with it or build on it or, you know, that moves no, the hobby forward? Or what, what is your mindset? No, I, I, I encourage that 100%. Uh, purely imitative. What's the it, reason yeah. for that? Just out of curiosity, why do you think that's important? I mean, you have to you have to learn from some type of foundation, mm-hmm. right? And if you have uh, an aquascape that you're absolutely in love with, it's, you know, it's one of your first times or, you know, your second time and you're ready to challenge yourself. Right. Um, yeah. It normally isn't going to come out exactly like right. that one that you're getting inspired from because as it evolves and you start to see stuff a little different, oh, what if it did this? Right. And sometimes it's good, sometimes it's not. It, it you know depends. It's all trial and error, of course. But I think that you know imitation is, of course, uh, flattering. But right. then again. Um, that's you know to the person that they're imitating, but to the person that's learning from them, I think it's more inspiration than imitation. Good. You know no, I mean? no, this so, is great. I'm I'm yeah. I'm I'm interested in that because you know again, uh, as a as a person with a, a company and and trying to put out a style or a type of aquarium for people to get excited about, I expect <laughs> that they're going to do a certain amount of you know imitating or copying the thing, and I, and I encourage that for the same reasons you're talking about. I've always yeah. just wondered, like, as a competitive aquascaper, on one hand, you're like, oh, dude, that's so flattering that you're doing that. But on the other hand, as part of you saying, well, God, push yourself a little harder or, you know, that's why I was asking. And your answer is actually surprisingly kind, and I, and I get it. I think that that makes sense. I mean, people have to learn somewhere. They might as well have a, a, a sort of a path to follow, right? Is that kind of kind of what exactly you Exactly correct. Yeah. Uh, and that takes me back to music. Right. I was about to I say mean, music. Yep. All, yeah. yeah. Uh, all music's already written. Right. Basically. Right. Uh, that's what we as musicians say. All music has been written. You just have to put it in a different order. That's an yeah. awesome quote right there for, for yeah. aquascaping. I've never heard that applied to aquascaping. That is like the perfect metaphor. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> that's cool. Well, Corey, one more question. We're going to wrap this up in a little bit because I've been keeping you longer than I thought I would. Um, I, a couple questions, actually. We'll, we'll do two questions. Uh, now, first, um, in terms of what you'd like to see, what would you like to see in the aquascaping world in the future? And I don't mean just like what what kind of tank or whatever. What what kind of ideas, what kind of things would you like to see people doing more of um, or techniques people trying? Do you have anything that you think would be really cool that people could really push things on and learn a lot from? Um, I think that... You know, on the advanced side, I think photorealistic stuff is, um, Mm -hmm. I think that's something that I want to, you know, strive for is photorealism. So really mimicking an exact, exactly a photo of an underwater scene or something? Is that that what you mean by photorealism? I just want to make sure I'm on the right. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's right. Okay. So, you know, kind of like what I did with my bottom tub. I wanted to to look exactly like a photo of a scene. In some places I did that, in some places I didn't, which was okay. That's, that's, right. that's fine. Right. You know, it's a trial and error kind of thing. And, and it is then, an art. Um, so, um, yeah, I think that for the photorealism, I think that's, I can that's get one thing that. that I would love to see. You know what's nice about that is not only does it get people to look at, you know, trying to do their best work to, to replicate something that they see in nature, but it gets them looking at a natural habitat. And it gets them trying to understand like why or how that habitat ended up that way. 
you know, why the rocks fell in that certain way, why the branches are there, why the substrate has a slope to it. I think that's really cool because it gets people thinking about that and then maybe draws a little bit of attention to the actual natural habitat and maybe the, yeah. the threats it faces. Exactly. Yeah, so I think it's a great I, – I love that that's something that you're into. Um, and at the, same, at the same time, they're, t- they're, they're noticing that nature breaks a lot of rules that people yeah. have adhered to. Exactly. And uh, they'll, they'll be like, well, that looks incredible. You know, framed in this way, this looks incredible. I mean, I want to do that. Breaks every rule, but yep. this works because it's the perfect amount of tension or whatever it yeah. has to be. Nature finds a way. It's un- unfiltered nature is always – nature is always the best aquascaper for some reason. Uh, of course. <laughs> it's been doing it for millions and millions of years. There's a little bit of uh, experience there. Um, a little bit. <laughs> that's cool. No, I, I – and, and so he said photorealism, that's what, that's what you'd like to see more of. And what um, what else would you like to see more of in the aquascaping, like just in, in aquascaping in general? Are there some other ideas or trends or materials that you think um, should be used more? I'd really like to see more um, – like I myself want to get into marine aquascaping. Nice. Aquascaping marine stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, a reef tank or macroalgaes. Yeah. I know it's been done, but it's been done no. very few times. You're exactly yeah. right. And, and you know, I come from the reef world, so I could tell you, as someone who actually went out to speak at MACNA conferences and, and, and such on aquascaping of marine aquariums, so little has been done. Um, so much has been spent in the, reef, in the reef aquarium hobby on, you know, growing corals, getting systems, water chemistry, all that stuff perfected. The aesthetics is always important, but it was like, just let's make a, a beautiful looking reef. No one, you don't see a ton of thought towards, I'm going to try to replicate um, a patch reef or a lagoon or a different n- ecological niche or something. So it's wide yeah. open for experienced aquascapers. It's just obviously it's a different set of skills from a husbandry standpoint. But mm-hmm. if you can keep a high tech planet tank, I think I think everybody should play with reef aquariums at some point in their aquarium hobby. And you like you Man, said, I, I wide think, open. Yeah, I think vice versa too. Yes, yeah, either way. Absolutely. Yeah. And I'm seeing more yeah. and more reef. You might like this. I'm seeing a lot more, and you probably see it because you're out at the shops. A lot more of my reefer friends doing freshwater tanks, and sometimes sheepishly confessing too. They're like, "Oh yeah, I got a tank." It turns out they have a really amazing freshwater tank. It's like, why are you so embarrassed? That like, oh, freshwater. You know, it was a real stigma when I when I uh, sold my interest in in my in the coral company. People were like, thought I died. They're like, why Why are you doing this? What you're going to fresh? You're going to do freshwater? It was like it was like a funeral. Like I'm like really like they're like oh the freshwater is like it's all gray fish and I mean it literally that's how people think about it. It's really funny when the reality is there's so much crossover. And oh, exactly. I, I can't wait to see you do a reef tank. It'll blow people's minds. Yeah, I would. I've had a little practice at the shop that I worked for. It wasn't anything special. Just like a kind of run of the mill um, LPS type. Very stuff. cool. And uh, it was fun. It was fun. But yeah. now I want to do something with some some thought. Concept. Yeah, yeah, agreed, man. I like that you're into macroalgae. That's like one of. I mean, and being a planted tank guy, it's only natural that you would be attracted to macroalgae, which is always been an underserved sort of a sector of the marine aquarium hobby. Like people, there should be more macro tanks. Oh, they're beautiful too, and they're not hard to grow. I mean, if you can grow any of the freshwater plants that you grow, you can easily grow macroalgae. So, sure, that's all cool. That's all cool. So, bringing it on home. So. You know, Corey, that is probably – we're getting near the end of our recording ability here. So I wanted to wrap this one. But I just wanted to thank you so much for you know taking the time. And I encourage everybody out there uh, – I, 
probably need to do a better job of maybe getting a little gallery of your stuff. But wh- where could they find? Do you have a concise gallery? Like you don't have a personal website right now, do you? I don't have a personal website, Facebook but page. I do post everything on my Instagram. So. What, and what is your Instagram? Is it? It's Corey Hopkins. Okay, everybody really? should check that out. Yeah, check it out because really, I, I Corey is again without sounding too. Um, you know, uh, brown nosing here. I just want to say you're really one of the more inspiring aquascapers I've met because you're so unafraid to try new things and you you have strong Thank opinions you. and instincts that are that are really cool. And I think, you know, talk about someone that you can learn from. You've been like, you're just hungry to aquascape. I think that's like amazing. I get excited when you get excited. And I think that that is something that the hobby really needs more of. So thanks, man. Keep keep doing it. Thank you, man. I, I appreciate the, the kind words. Yeah, anytime. <laughs> and keep those leaves coming. Next time you have the urge to do some cleaning, we have, to, we have some business. Course, we have business to talk about. So buy Corey's leaves, folks. But uh, no, really, uh, <laughs> on that happy note, again, thank you again for your time. And I'm sure you're going to probably get some uh, some more questions and a lot of neat compliments for uh, your uh, your opinions and your ideas. And uh, we'll, we'll showcase some more of your stuff. And, and uh, I think people will really enjoy it. So thanks. Awesome, man. All right. Well, everybody, thank you very much for tuning in. And uh, we appreciate all your support and your feedback on the uh, – on the podcast it's really fun to see it growing and we'll keep having neat guests like Corey and talking about some cool subjects if you have some ideas or questions or thoughts on what we should do next just let me know and uh, thanks for tuning in we'll talk to you again and then see you on the next episode of The Tint